And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine how it reads this way. If you put the word kahi, literally. Flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, even that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing God is the same as believing the gospel of Christ. Knowing God is the same as believing the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look at the word Kahi again. At Acts 20 and verse 20 unto 21. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. But I've showed you even have taught you publicly even from house to house testifying both to the Jews even all to the Greeks repentance towards God even faith repentance towards God at Acts 20 and verse 21 is defined as faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ Repentance towards God is the same as faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Bible emphasis on good works is not a particular sin for a single church, a particular church is not a special reserve and exclusive preserve or reserve for the holiness church. Good works produced, good works emanating from us. Expounds you to one husband, Romans 7 from verse 4, that he will bear fruit of God. You and I are married to Christ to produce fruit of righteousness. Married to Christ to produce the fruit of righteousness. Not the thing, not the baguette. Ephesians 5, 7 Be not ye therefore partakers with them For ye were sometimes darkness But now ye light in the Lord Walk as children of light For the fruit of the Spirit The yield of the Spirit Is in all goodness and righteousness and truth Prove it What is acceptable unto the Lord Be your best to live in the light of circumspect faith. Don't just be wanton. Live anyhow. Rather, do your best to be a believer to the core, content of good attitudes. I'm not telling you what you can do, I'm not talking telling you what you will do and glory. I'm telling you what the Spirit of God motivates you to do. There's no attitude, there's no habit you can't drop. There's no sin or sinfulness that is too much for you. You wouldn't need some therapy, you wouldn't need some deliverance. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. The grace that teaches us the grace that instructs us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, 
We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. With such power, such authority. He says, as Ephesians 4, verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. With such authority and power. He said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4 from verse 26. With such authority and power, he declares, do it. You have the nature of God. Do it. Be convinced you have the nature of God. Do it boldly. Do righteousness. Been preaching the wisdom of God. I have been preaching the wisdom of God. And I've tried to preach a thing at Christ the center. Christ the center is where my tent is for now. Christ the center. Christ the center. What I've tried to do in this church is to teach you in such a way that you will not need to recant things we say here. You will not get to a point where you have a barrier, you can't go forward, you can't go backward. I try to teach you such clarity of truth. So you will get to a point where you get stuck. Several pastors over and over again get the point where they are stuck. They are really stuck. Then they need some guests, guys of deceit to manipulate their ways. And I've said to you over and over again, believe me or not, if it is not the way I have preached it or have said it, then you cannot be sensible or reasonable. is meant to be inerrant. God's word is meant to be flawless and faultless, impeccable and pure and grave. The child of God must have this disposition also. Oh, but I'm writing the book. I love the book. That Purity of doctrine. This is an area most believers have nothing to do with. This is an area we don't, we don't, we don't even think it makes sense. After you say, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian or a seminarian. I'm just an ordinary sinner, shaped by grace. What's wrong with doctrinal purity? As long as you are a believer and you will relate with God by the Bible, you need purity of doctrine. There can never be a purity of life unless there's a purity of doctrine. In fact, what we call purity of life is purity of doctrine. You must be pure doctrinally. You must have an impeccable stance and stuff of the truth. You must be flawless, unalloyed, unrivaled, unmitigated, sheer, pure, unpolluted, and unpollutable. Unadulterable, you must be incorruptible doctrine. This is why you do all these silly, actually, uh, only God knows those who are serving Him. Uh, actually, uh, actually, Pastor, I don't want to argue, Revo, I don't want to argue. Let each man trust that you are doctrinally ruined. You are doctrinally ruined. Most believers, over 90% of believers, are not pure in doctrine. They meander. They are like this sinusoidal way we are taught sometimes in science. They, they go in zigzag, they go up, down, up, down, up, down, they peak, then they go down, they peak, they go down. Very inconsistent. In sabotage. Confused, deceived, renegades of religious conviction. They hop and leap from one point to the other. They almost don't even know him whom they have believed. They seem not to have a tortoise and the Christ 
who is this same truth. Titus 2 and verse 16, I, I have quoted here today. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. That is, having self-control. Self-control and sobriety of mind is the same. Sober, not somber, not looking dingy or dirty or religiously cowardly. I'm talking about being sober-minded, having an alert mind and having self-control. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. Good works must emanate from your life. It says, in doctrine, showing purity. That's the word uncorruptness. Purity. You must be pure. You must have clean doctrine. There's no other way you can ever boast of having purity of doctrine. There's no other way you can ever, ever be right Walking in uncorruptness unless you stick to the Bible A for A and Z for Z. This is the only way. And you may just think when I talk about purity of doctrine, I'm talking about some very hackling, some difficult, some horrendous, some tiresome, some, some very manipulating and mangling, body pinching and lies task of struggling and struggling and, uh, uh, no please simply let the word of God be as it is the pure stick to the Bible be a sticker for truth God's word speak a final word to you. Leave it as scheduled. Don't, don't mitigate it. Don't act to it. Don't remove from it. Don't tell or guide it. Don't stereotypically manipulate it. Don't shoot it. Don't twist it. Don't stretch it. Don't overstretch it. Don't stay in a box. Stay with the word. See, nice, but don't balance it. Just stay with the word. Either true or false. God stands on anything, does not portray any form of controversy. There's no controversy in the Bible. You cannot find God's words stem or spare, motivate or spur controversy in any issue or area of life. God's word is always sacrosanct and invaluably true or against it, for or against. The moment people tell you to be to be careful so that you, you can maintain a safe position on the left and a safe at the right, you stay at the center, then you dig a trench because you have stayed there for too long. Don't avoid the right or left, just stay with the truth. You, you, you have less problems. I discovered Bible reading and Bible preaching and Bible study became very easy with me when I began to take the word of God the way it is. Not taking God's word the way it is will give you many problems. You will have to add hair and remove hair and lie here. Sometimes certain pastors tell lies. They speak of visions of the Lord to confirm. They have to tell lies. God told me. There has been an argument over the writer of the book of Hebrews. It's been theologically tough. Back and forth argument. Who exactly wrote Hebrews? Because as opposed to several other books we find, Paul and Timotheus. Paul and Timotheus and Silvanius. Paul, Peter, James, introducing themselves right from the very peck of their pen at the beginning of these books. The book of Hebrews starts in a very strange way. It says, God. Doesn't mean it was God who wrote it with his hand, blue black. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto our fathers and then never introduces an author. He speaks at Deuteronomy, I mean, <laughs> Hebrews 13 and verse 23. Know that our brother Timothy will be released shortly. So he talks about somebody related to Timothy. Is he Apollos? Is he Paul? Is it somebody, somebody we don't know? Is it, is it Barnabas? 
theologians have struggled fighting tooth and nail to find and have said it's unimportant. The writer of Hebrews is unimportant. It does not add to eternal life. It's unimportant. So why are we fighting ourselves right? Whoever acts it is okay for us. Hallelujah. But this, this vain glorious thing, uh, Paul wrote it. I'm of Paul. Apollos uh, wrote it. It's just nonsense. Here comes Kenneth Hegel of the faith movement. And they said, hey, who wrote the book of Hebrews? The man said, I'm not sure. But Jesus told me in a vision. I asked him, who wrote Hebrews? And Jesus said, it is Paul. That's not good enough. That's not healthy enough. Because unless Jesus sees all of us at different times in visions and tells us we will not agree. Because the Bible does not say it. And now, this is not important to add to your knowledge. You don't need it. If they argue about this, don't bother. Don't ever get involved with such arguments. Using books apart from the Bible. Get yourself with any hook. Proving something that you will require other books and other books. First Timothy 1 and verse 3, And I besought thee to invite sin at Ephesians, when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in the faith, so do. Godly edifying in the faith. This is what I want from you. Godly edifying in the faith. Are you in church? Godly edifying in the faith. Titus 3 and verse 9. Type 3 and verse 9. But avoid foolish questions. Hey! My God! And genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and vain. Let's see this verse in, in, in um, the NIV. Let's see this verse in the NIV. Also, also 1 Timothy 1, 4 and 5 in the NIV. But avoid Titus 3 and verse 9 and also first Timothy and it there very very powerful the truth of scripture remains so we're not supposed to fight or argue over meaningless things Controversies and genealogies. You're not supposed to fight anybody. Titus 3 and verse 9. But avoid controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are profitable and useless. <laughs> God's word is true. So, like I said, I've done my best in this church. To align you. Sometimes I'm searching for you, you don't really know what I'm doing. You don't, you don't understand the, the masterful skill that I'm doing to align you doctrinally for life. You will never. The way I've taught you in the last three, five years, six, seven, eight, nine years, ten years, eleven years, 
Nobody who has been in this church for six months will ever be stranded doctrinally again forever. It is not possible forever. No Bible school scholar, no artist, no hater of God can deceive you anymore with just a copy of the Bible in your hand. That's all you need. Not some high faculty things, just simply the Bible in your hands. First Timothy 1 6 from the NIV, for example. First Timothy 1 6. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. Just hold your Bible. You can never ever have purity of doctrine unless you hold your Bible plainly as it is. No struggle. Somebody had a harsh, high-handed thing. Just read it. would you call this? I have such confidence when I preach the Bible. I have such, I have such confidence when I preach the Bible. I have such a oneness within me. Because the Bible is so plain. I remember one person who used to be in the world circles of pastor is not backsliding. He said he's, he's read American literature to master's level, master's degree. And reading a pig in his, his philosophy. <laughs> and he said, Sir, we need to discuss. Are you ready? It's time. Are you ready? Are you ready? After a while, I stopped answering him. said okay sir, i want to ask a question right now i want to ask a question i want to ask a question okay okay sir are you, are you ready i don't want to discomfit you don't see i'm rude please no matter what we say it's an argument it's between you and i don't don't insult me don't preach this thing on stage don't mention my name don't tell a lie about it don't exaggerate i said just let's start that number one is god a boy or a girl at you. You are reading philosophy, PhD philosophy. You have read American literature to master's level with a quintessential degree. You are, you are everything but knowledgeable in Christ. Is God male or female? No. God is a spirit. <laughs> He's a spirit person. He said, no, I don't agree. I don't agree. I said, no, you don't have to agree. Science does not allot him his status. Human philosophy is not going to tell us who he is. From the Bible, which we claim is inspired by spirit, God is a spirit. So simple. No! You see, let's begin to argue. Why would we argue? I met pastors. Just start shouting. I say, okay. The Bible says so and so. Once I met a pastor who said he was reading um, Doctor of Dignity. He was almost being a, a whatever, whatever in Bible school. He was talking about money. How important money is. Even God knows about money. Jesus spoke about money. And money. And money. And a fellow pastor came and said, Wow, I'm impressed. I said, don't be impressed. He's deceiving you. <laughs> I began to quote scriptures about money. Ah! Someone said, Wow. Ah. Ah. <laughs> he looked at the man and said, You impressed me. <laughs> this man has touched my life. This other man has touched my life. I don't like to be impressed. I like to be touched. He said, The things he said. I my Bible. At Hebrews, we continue this important reality. That the Old Testament is outlawed, is no longer relevant. This is this is the only way the Bible can be sensible. 
for very long several people have said it's this man is just just like he hates the new testament what exactly do you have against the new testament if that's me over and over again ah what revolution you somehow you just i don't understand you'll be using the new testament is false what is that fault? What is it now? <laughs> the revelation of Christ as the center and the focal point of divine element and every subsisting intricate divine constituent is not revealed by the Old Testament. The moment you hold the Old Testament as for the truth of Christ you have missed Bible message imagine what I said quoting from Galatians 5 and verse 4 if you are justified by the laws of Moses then you are falling for grace for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availed anything of circumcision but faith that worked by law Let's see Galatians 5 and verse um, 6 so I can explain this and also quickly link with Galatians 6 and verse 15. This, 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 um, give, give it to me. This is, let's, let's see the KJV. This verse is somehow vague in several translations. And I'm, I'm going to explain it to you last week. I'll explain again. say something again that several things I teach in this church is on the assumption that you also read your Bible this assumption will be very dangerous can I say it again several things I teach in this church is on a very weird assumption that you also read your Bibles and that you are following me you've been in this church a while and that you also hear English I mean you understand grammatical construction in English language to an extent the assumption may be very costly as most believers don't read their Bibles at all I understand the body language of several members of this church who only come on Sundays I read on their faces a lot of frustration and this can only be the story because you would always be frustrated when you are not following step after step imagine most churches just religious cubicles having a spiritual sequence of power you can attend church the pastor just takes a verse of the bible and just begin to shout bash bash and that's the end of it. In this church, I teach you a sequence. I teach you the very fundamentals. I teach you how it ought to be. I teach you how you become bold and fearless in the face of opposition. You can stand, you can stand any religious teacher in the world, any artist with your Bible, anybody. I have confronted several people who think they know and it's never a fact it's never a pride it is just have you read the bible have you read this one in the bible they're like ah it's not there <laughs> it's there ah, well 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 and then they shut their mouths what does the scripture mean for in christ jesus neither being circumcised is important nor being uncircumcised that is, neither be circumcised after the commandment God gave Abraham to circumcise their children, their male firstborn children, I mean their male children, nor be uncircumcised like the Greeks or other nations of the world matters. What matters is faith in Christ operated by God's love. Some Bible versions put it as our faith being expressed in walking in love. This is not the context at all. The context is 
It is not whether you are a Jew or Gentile that matters. It is not whether you are an Nigerian or an Israelite that matters. What matters is faith in Christ through God's book. This is the meaning of this verse. Many Bible versions have it warped wrong. You say, who told me? The context. I maintain the context. It's, it's a flow. Galatians 6 and verse 15. Quickly. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availed anything on circumcision, but a new creature. This scripture rules out the Old Testament. Listen, and listen well. The Old Testament rules you out. The Old Testament excludes you. The Old Testament excludes you. I don't, I don't know the basis for your quoting Isaiah. Who are you? Prophet Isaiah is not sent for you. I don't, I, I don't know why you are acting like this. You are a gate crasher at the party of God. Oh my Lord. You know people use the pool anyhow. People use the Bible as a religious talisman for headdress, for protection. People have Bibles in strategic points of their houses. People read chunk of the Bible into water. Just like the Quran is being used. Which on special contour of Kandahar, written on a special slate. A piece of wood and washed and drunk or written in a piece of paper and tied up called tira very charmful things extracted from the quran many people use the bible like that but the bible is never useful this way i'm amazed that many of us do not understand that it's not about the book it's about the contents have specificity so clearly and so accurately and so incisively that if it does not relate to you you are useless in being relevant to it are you to quote exodus are you god's people you are not god's people you are the enemies of god in your mind by wicked works you are god's enemies Number five, we begin to read from verse seven to eight as the ungodly. I, I, you're, you're not getting it at all. You're, you're just confused. You don't, you don't know. You are called vain by the circumcised. You are aliens. You are aliens. You have no right, no lot to this matter. You were caught from the commonwealth of Israel. The Old Testament is the commonwealth of Israel. My brother, my sister, you were caught from it. So now that you are reading the Old Testament, you are only showing a parody of foolishness and madness. You are not entitled to the Old Testament in any way. So why are you dealing with it? Who are you to be reading the Old Testament? Under what grounds? You are an alien. You are an alien. Somebody from a different world. You were alienated. You were cast away. You are no longer no part in this matter. Are you in church? This is who you are. Aliens. from the covenant of promise so you that go under the old testament to claim covenant of promise you are just wasting your time you are a stranger to it the bible is not relevant to any non-jew outside the new testament and the new testament invalidates the old testament 
you are nobody, you are nobody. The, the Old Testament has nothing to do with you. You are in Christ by the New Testament. And you forsake the New Testament and you go back under the Old Testament. Are you saying at all? Are you saying? Are you thinking straight? I have said it over and over again. If you will just sit and think of what I'm saying, you will know it's outright madness to go under the Old Testament as a covenant of livelihood in relationship with God. It is meaningless. It is useless. It is unprofitable and vain. Because the Old Testament is irrelevant to you. You have no lot, no part in the matter. So what are we talking about? You are a Nigerian. You are a Nigerian for crying out loud. And you are reading Psalms. How does Psalms, how does Psalms apply to you in Nigerian? The only route, the only route to God is the New Testament. And the New Testament invalidates and nullifies the Old Testament. Yet you are trying to live under it. Are you saying at all? Can I say it again? The Old Testament is irrelevant to you in your life. You have only come to know God through the New Testament. And yet, out of confusion and greed, you forsake Christ and go back to the Old Testament that has been relevant to you. You were strangers. You had no hope. You are without God in the world. You are not linked with God. But now in Christ Jesus, he who sometimes we are far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, enemies of God, enemies of God, for to make in himself of twain one new man thereby or so making peace galatians 6 and verse 15 for in christ jesus neither circumcision availed anything nor circumcision but a new creature we're talking about a new creature so he says at second corinthians 5 verse 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature for being a new creature in Christ Jesus, you go back under the Old Testament. You are not seen. There's something wrong with you. You are not logical. You are not sensible. You are not accurate. You are not thinking straight. You are not forthright. You are not, you are not sincere. You are dishonest. You are pretentious. You are a hypocrite. You are falling from grace. That's what it means. You are falling from grace. Understand. You are quoting Isaiah. Do you know who, who, who is Isaiah to you? Is he your prophet? Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet to the Israelites, and you are never an Israelite. See, the scheme itself, the scheme, the scheme. Are you listening to me? The scheme that operated the Old Testament. Has been nullified this is my point tonight before i close hebrews 8 and verse 13 are you here with me in that he says a new covenant he hath made the first obsolete obsolete this is the point this is the problem we have and what is the problem? The problem we have is the confusion is this. The confusion is very simple, and I will tell you. God, God related with Christians by the Old Testament. Then God is now relating by the New Testament. This is the very, very wrong estimation. 
There were no believers under the Old Testament. There were no Christians under the Old Testament. No person was born again under the Old Testament. They could not be. They were out of Christ. They could not be born again. confusion now. Ah, you see, you see, God related with us under the Old Testament. Now we're in the New, so we use both. Here one of that confusion. Ah, he's, he's the same God. Ah, he's the same God. Now, all these may pass for accurate to a small extent if certain ideologies are so and I'll put them to be not so while you will hear what I'm doing very soon if the Old Testament is a bona fide testament that is legal legal and God says let's establish a new one so we know we have old and new. And most times, old and new things serve. Most times. In fact, sometimes what we call a new thing is not as strong as the old. Sometimes. Some new gadgets and devices are not as durable as the old. Sometimes. You will smash your Nokia at the three tech. You could smash on somebody's face and say, make a call after it. You don't even know the phone. You are too smart. Have you ever seen the phone before? On photos, Nokia at the three tech. Heavy. You carry it with a weight lifter's muscle to make calls. What? You met the the telephone, the, 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 okay? So, you think of some speakers. Okay? Some speakers that we used at church some years ago were so heavy, you, you needed four people to carry them. Live, lingering speakers. Very strong. Some old leather shoes, some old shirts, some watches that will never die, some chairs here are over 20 years, over 20 years. Whereas, you buy some of them today, they get broken tomorrow. So I think the idea is old and new things, and we always think of, give me that, give me that old, old camera, I prefer, give me that, I want a second. They imported old, but this is not the same hair. So let's 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 learn something from this. Romans, I mean Hebrews, rather, chapter number eight and verse thirteen. Learn this. In that he seeth a kainos covenant. What is the meaning of this? A covenant that never existed before. Many times, new relates to old. In this place, Bible new means fresh, never existing before. Never existed before. He has made the first old. Now, from here, we erroneously conclude that the New Testament is an abridged. This is the conclusion. It's it's 
the new edition. It's ah yes, revised, modified, some things altered, some retained. But this is a very wrong conclusion. It's a wrong suggestion. It's a wrong explanation. The word old is actually useless or obsolete. Imagine if Hebrews 8 and verse 13 were to be in your Bible this way. And in that he saith, talks of Christ, basically. Basically. Basically, it refers to Christ. Basically. This is the New Testament in my blood. Basically. We have reference at Jeremiah 31. 31 and 34, no doubt. But look at what I'm saying here. saith a new covenant he hath made the first old notice in the KJV in that he says a new you see the word covenant is not there have you noticed it the word covenant is italicized notice in your KJV it was just added by the translators To make meaning in that he saith a new a new word a new thing he had made the first useless so in that he says this never existed before he invalidated the the the, the, the first one between the Old and New Testament must be clear in our minds. I'm not talking about a new version or an abrid version. I'm talking about something that never existed. And because he's building something that never existed, the first is obsolete or useless. Think about it. The first was based on the blood of bulls and animals. This one is based on the blood of God himself. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, in that children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same. Hebrews 2 and verse 14. Acts 20 and verse 28, take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of the living God which he had purchased by his own blood. The blood of Bruce could not do it. Hebrews 9, 12, 9, 14. Hebrews 10 and verse 22. The blood of Bruce could not do it. He used his own blood. Hebrews 10 and verse 19 and several other scriptures. This is God in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1:14. In whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. So we're not, talk we're not talking about um, useful, more useful. about profitable more profitable we're talking about new and then useless the dimension of the new testament obliterates the old testament cancels it it it's it it cancels it it does not cancel it as a replacement or a substitute for it he cancels it as a new establishment. A new establishment. It 
it's a new establishment completely new establishment it's completely new look we're not talking about taking the good part of the old testament and leaving the bad part and then making a new testament we're talking about a new testament we're talking about the real testament we're talking about the accurate testament we're talking about the thing god wanted and therefore the old has become obsolete he didn't say he didn't say all right all right you guys come together come together come together here uh take this new leave the old no he said this is the new testament in my blood and because of this the old testament is invalid we don't understand the relationship within the truth this is not a friction because i have confusion i i saw sir sir uh, you are the only one saying this. Other men of God are not saying it because they are just like you. They would rather not believe the Bible and believe themselves. They are just like you. I find it easier to believe the Bible than fight it or argue with it. I don't have to struggle trying to use God's words against God. God's word against God. God's word against God. The Old Testament, the Old Testament related. Israel only the New Testament the new creature. Who is the new creature? The new creature is not Jew nor Gentile. The new creature is in Christ. The new creature is not formulated on laws of Moses. The new creature is a gift of righteousness. The new creature is not coming out of the moral values of commission to the laws of Moses. The new creature is a spiritual being. He says, you were sometimes darkness. Ephesians and verse 8. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord, work as children of light. The Old Testament talks about the laws. The New Testament talks about the spiritual. talks about condemnation the new talks about love the old speaks of death the new speaks of life the old speaks of dying and never rising the new speaks of dying and rising in Christ again so why are you comparing why why would you have conflict eh, you see revolt you see I just like the way David who is David is David? Where did he come from? Did you call? Him, did you call him David just now? Ah, the man that killed Uriah. Oh, I should not even talk about David's sins. This will be very serious because I will say many things that David did that you will not like. Who exactly? And why would we even think of David? Are you still in church? himself is not yet ascended into the heavens Acts 2 34 but he seeth himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy foot too therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made the same Jesus whom he have crucified the Lord and Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Verse 25 of Acts 2. Therefore, did my heart reach this, and my tongue was glad, over also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave thy soul in hell. Never will thou suffer that holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made me made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance, men and brethren. Let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both 
dead and buried. And the Sufoka is with us until this day. Are you in church? Acts, I mean Hebrews 8. In that he saith a new, a new, he had made the first useless. Now, that which decays and works useless is ready to vanish away. It's vain, outstead, outdated, useless, immaterial. Hebrews 9 and verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not with this building, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an ephah sprinkling the unclean, sanctified. To the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this cause he is a mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions of the first testament, let's see, Hebrews 9 15. From the NIV, Hebrews 9:15. From the NIV, Hebrews 9:15. I in church. For this reason, this is Hebrews 9:15 from the NIV. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that He has died as a ransom to set free from the sins committed under the first covenant. This is the NIV. You can check some other versions. What exactly am I trying to preach at you this evening? The sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. His deity the Christ-centered picture I've been preaching at you is only true and right and complements the story of the Bible as the, as the divine message that is flawless and inerrant outside the Old Testament has been valid. The moment the Old Testament is held valid, the Bible is a confusing book. This is the only perspective from which you must see it. This is the only right thing you must say about it. This is the only orderly rule. This is the only way. The moment you interpret scriptures outside what I just told you, you have missed the message of heaven. Yes, then we have a harmony. The Bible becomes harmonious. It is not literally correct to hold the Old Testament as true, especially when the same literature invalidates the First Testament. It's not sensible. You can't hold them congruent. Simultaneously or continuously, you cannot adjoin them when the book itself nullifies the Old Testament as useless. You can check Second Corinthians chapter 3. And learn one or two things. I told you to read the book of John and then first John, second John, third John. Check 2 Corinthians 3 
Read the book of Galatians before Friday. Second Corinthians 3 and then the book of Galatians. And learn one or two things. Thank you, Jesus. Any question? So I can close. Any question? With Galatians? One, two, three, four, five. In church, six. Read Second Corinthians three. Stand up right to your feet. Says there are no questions.